And just like that, we are back. Look at that. We just started and Jeffrey's already starting with a glass of wine. I love that for you, friend. <laughs> so exciting. All right. So for those of you who are shocked to be hearing my voice right now, uh, I need you to know that I am also shocked to be hearing my voice right now. It is uh, the day of the taping. It's October 9th, uh, Columbus Day. Allegedly, we call it uh, Indigenous Peoples Day um, or White Folks Stole Everything Day. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Humanized is back. Uh, if you have been living under a rock or not been following me on social media, then you're probably wondering what we're doing here because we were supposed to be on hiatus. But um, I recently had a viral moment and then I got plagiarized and a whole lot of drama happened and the universe conspired for me to realize that we had to come back. And if I was going to come back and do Humanized again and do it in this way where we're doing it weekly, I promise this time it's weekly. Um, I wanted to make sure that I had some co-hosts that I really enjoyed and could have a fun kiki with. So if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see here my fa two favorite play cousins. Yes, Lulu and Chef Jeff are here with me. And we have a deal that for the next couple of months, we're going to do a trial run where they're going to see if they can stand doing a podcast every single week. So Lulu, Jeffrey, welcome to the show. I'm so excited. Say hi to the audience, y'all. Jeffrey's just smiling. Jeffrey, they can't hear you. Your smile. <laughs> Yo, I was just trying to make sure I wasn't jumping in and interrupting. I appreciate that. We learned that from our good old days doing the other show. Um, so you guys, I want to hop right into it, right? We're going to get into why the show had to start back up because I really feel like I had no, no choice. Uh, I found out four days ago uh, that the show was going to come back. Lulu, you were with me when I found out. So we found out at the same time. But before we get into all of that, I want you guys to catch up with everybody about what you've been up to so that they can know like what your life is looking like currently. Ladies first. Oh, it's so well, nice. I've been coaching volleyball. <laughs> I have a high school volleyball team and we're actually, this is the last week of our season. So it's been um, two and a half, almost three months of hanging out with high schoolers, teaching them volleyball. And it has been very interesting to say the least <laughs> you look like the coolest coach that someone could ever have like the ruby rue red lip and the backwards hat i really love it the hoop earrings now my thing is do you <laughs> like working with kids because i know we're supposed to say we do um i have different feelings personally <laughs> i don't hate it but they are very annoying like they i they do not have problem solving skills which is very alarming because a lot of them are going to college next year so yeah. i don't know what they're about to do but um they told me that they didn't mind if I, because I cuss them out frequently, and they said oh. they don't mind that. They just don't like it when I call them retarded. Oh, okay, Lulu. Okay, yes. Okay, so we probably should. Well, that's frowned upon. We're, we're not supposed to say that in 2023. So, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not supposed to use that word. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, this is gonna be yeah. fun. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> so you're dealing with kids whose frontal lobes haven't fully congealed. And you're dealing with what it's like to be an adult having to be in the same proximity. And here's the funny thing. The time of life where you know the least is when you're the most conceited about knowing everything. Kids Absolutely. And I key think they know everything. What did you say, Jeffrey? Usually it's those late teens and 20 years. Yeah. There was a program I worked with and we had to like mentor high school kids. No, high school kids going into college one week. And I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> They, they they were rude and impressionable at the same time. It's really weird. It's like a, a Sour Patch Kids. First, they're sweet, then they're sour. My thing is, I can't be helping raise you if you're going to have an attitude and call me Miss Lady. So, mm -hmm. 
work with youth program. We took high school students on black college tours here in yeah. Northern California and Nevada. And I used to love just being on the bus, listening to the conversations that those kids would have. So Lou, I can imagine the things that you are hearing. And it's just like, oh, that's, that's what you think? Okay. <laughs> All right. You like mess though. That makes total sense. It's like a reality show. You like a little bit of mess. I grew up in black households. I'm sure y'all heard y'all mama, daddy, auntie, uncle, because somebody say everything you're trying to sneak and get away with, I already did it. I know what you're doing. Or yeah. something like that. And it's literally just watching history repeat itself with these kids. Like, I've been there, done that. I, it, I could tell you how it ain't gonna work out, but you know, just just go. <laughs> Jeffrey, do you have high ceilings? Very, yeah. Yeah, we're going to need to get you headphones for the next episode. Every time you talk, it's like, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> so, so you rich, basically. <laughs> no, I'm just loft space. That's all. Oh, you live in a loft. That's yes. nice. That's a great segue into our next topic. We're going to talk about uh, the soft girl recession. <laughs> what is it like when people think that you're not living a hard life, but you actually, in your mind, are shucking and jiving to make sure that the rent is paid on the first of the month? Like, cheers. And I purposely, oh, yeah. I, I got my wine glass from the Wilson <gasps> Creek that the three of us, we went to for Blue's birthday. Oh, my God. I actually have a glass from there. I'm going to hit pause because I want to get my glass. Lulu, do you have yours? I think so. Let me see. Okay, we're going to hit pause, guys. Where's the pause? This is how you know the aunties are running the show. Where's the pause button on the, on the damn recording? All right, we're going to hit pause and come right back because I have my wine. I want to get my wine glass, too. That's a great idea, Jeffrey. Wait a minute, Lulu, you couldn't find yours? We're back. Well, two out of three was like Lulu's face. This is so funny. Mine was on my altar. Well, it's still toast, though. Even though Lulu lost her souvenir, the reason why these wine glasses are so special is because we got them when um, I rented out a house uh, for my birthday in wine country, and we all got very twisted. Um, I got twisted for free thanks to Lulu's man, because that's a whole other story. <laughs> We'll, we'll get into that at a later date. What do we want to toast to, guys? <laughs> By the way, before we toast, what are you guys drinking? I want to know what's in Bryce's glass. I can't hear you, Jeffrey. I said I'm just doing red wine. Red wine? Okay. I have a protein shake. <laughs> a protein shake? I have a grapefruit-infused CBD soda. Ooh, that sounds good. How about every single drink matches our personalities? You would have the protein <laughs> shake and I would have the CBD juice and you would have the classy wine. All right, let's toast <laughs> to a good friendship and having a good season. Salud. Salud. Let me see this. Salud. Mm. Oh, I forgot to put alcohol in this. It's good though. Lulu? Yeah, I'm going to try that. Where did you get that from? I was, so here's the thing I started doing. Sometimes when I, I don't want to go to the gym, I'll pick a random neighborhood that looks nice and just walk and walk for several miles until I'm scared to get lost. So I was on one of those miles. I was one of those one of those walks. I was like five miles in. My knees were starting to hurt. And I saw a random coffee shop that had like CBD infused beverages. So I bought all of them. <laughs> I, bought, I bought every flavor. It's a tourist in me. If a tourist sees something that they like, we are going to go out of our way to get like one of every color. CBD <laughs> does it. Because I don't get it. What happened, love? Hey, what is it that CBD does exactly? So it's like it's diet like, weed. Yeah, it's the part of the weed that makes you relaxed. Oh. But not high, just relaxed. Oh, okay, okay. So my body from the neck down, I'm going to be like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, there's no reason. So I'm not a CBD fan. I like getting a little. High. Oh, God, we just started the show. We already talked our business. What happened, no, love? You say it's just melatonin? 
Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> nature's melatonin. I don't know why. I'm catching like every other word. Lulu, can you hear Jeffrey okay? I can. Oh, this is interesting. Maybe my laptop is janky. By the way, I have a theory that whenever you have an Apple product and new products come out, your product tries to like commit suicide. Like it tries to like slowly die off. And I think Apple admitted that. Yeah. Did they? <laughs> These are facts. <laughs> no, I, no I, feel, I feel like they admitted that at some point. Somebody admitted it. Okay, let's get right into soft girl recession. This is our warm-up topic because this is something that's been on my heart because I seriously feel like I'm experiencing a recession. I don't want to say I feel broke because words mean things, but I feel a pinch, right? Like I hope... <laughs> I, I hold my breath a little bit every time the first of the month comes, even though I know the money's technically there. So the first thing that made me think about the topic of soft girl recession is this new wave of Postmates thievery. A lot of people who can't afford to eat are signing up to be Postmates drivers and then eating the food and just saying sorry to the customers because they know that Postmates will pay them back. <laughs> well, two things. First, can you define what the soft girl recession means? Soft girl recession means that you're you're not doing first class, you're doing comfort plus, or if you have points, you're doing main cabin and waiting for an upgrade with your fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. It means that you only ordered Postmates every third day of the week and not every day of the week. Um, <laughs> it means that if you're going to get really messed up at brunch, you only pick two good brunches a month. So you live in still trying to keep up your the life you become accustomed to. Yes. But the like, ain't coming in like they were. Yeah, but you still are a little bougie about it so that... Per- oh, yeah, perfect- yeah. No, no, no. I get it now. I get it now. I get it. I yeah. Get it. The perfect oh. example of the of the soft girl, Jeffrey, is the fact that, like, we'll be on a budget and then I'll be looking at our plates. I'm like, Jeffrey, these plates don't look like budget plates. <laughs> oh, I'm just confused by people that want to be Postmates because I'm like, you ain't got the money to eat, but you wasting gas to drive to pick up the food. And then it's like, are you just doing one order and turning it off? Or how many meals are you stealing tonight? But you're wasting <laughs> gas. And here in LA, gas is almost $7 a gallon. So delivery, like it's literally $50 for a plate of food on Postmates. Like the oh, food yeah. is expensive. I saw a meme the other day. It was like, why am I going to spend $10 to walk downstairs and get my food when I can't spend 93 on DoorDash? <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. It's well, absolutely it's true. My door. <laughs> No, I think for me, the soft girl recession thing and the Postmates thing, I thought I was being paranoid, but I was at the hospital with my mom. She was getting a checkup and my Postmates that got to the hospital for her soup and stuff was stolen. The nurse says, oh, I used to be like that last year before I got this job. I said, excuse me. He said, yeah, I would just (laughs) pretend to be Postmates. And if it was something good, I would eat it and wait Mm -hmm. for them to to, to give me one star and charge it back. And I was like, oh, that's the thing. He's like, yeah, all my friends used to do it. So this is a real thing, guys. We're not making fun of the gig economy people are actually eating your food i mean would you, would you be mad if your postmates ate your food are they just huh would you be mad if your postmates ate your food i mean yeah because the amount of time it takes to get there just even if it does get successfully delivered you usually are starving by the time your food will get there but the, here's the thing that i heard i heard somebody mention to me she was like blue anybody who does that really needs it so aren't you happy that they got a meal and you could just like get a refund? Okay. No. Is it truth time? <laughs> it's always truth time. Tell the truth, friend. I mean, when back when I remember when Postmates first started, I don't know if I'm aging age myself, but back when Postmates first started and became a platform out here in LA, I remember signing up and doing it. I was like, oh, because I didn't want to do Uber because I would prefer food versus people. I don't want to have to yeah. talk to people if I don't feel like it. 
Yeah. So I was doing Postmates when it first signed up. And, you know, they send you to all these new restaurants you've never been to before. <laughs> all of these plates and things. And when you're a foodie at your soul, it's like, hmm. So you was doing market research. <laughs> I was doing R&D. However, <laughs> I will say, I never, now people, but I don't know what, I, it, not that it makes it right. I never played in anybody's food. That's just disgusting. I always used to keep um, disposable utensils. Lou, you saw my emergency no. before, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, no, I'm not judging you. I'm asking you for clarity. Did you take the food? Did you eat the, their food, or did you just return later with your own money? I would taste. Never double back. Never double back. Never double back. Never second. Just one, and that's it. But that was, <laughs> but but that was oh also back when, that was also back before uh, restaurants were sealing the bags. This yeah, because of-, of you, they were stealing it because of people like you, Jeffrey. Oh my God! If I Uber Eats person ever took a spoon and said just a little taste of my food, I, I would burn it. I just want a little, just a little taste. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, okay, I was, like I only literally did it for a couple of months. It was just like okay, but. I ain't never playing nobody food. I just, just I, again, I'm not judging you. I have a sensitive stomach. I am so happy that they saran wrap even everything now. Like they double wrap they, everything. They, they now you have to seal the bags and everything. You can tell when they've been tampered with. So I feel like unless they're feeling wow. meal, they not they not people aren't messing with your food unless they taking the whole meal because you can't tamper with the bags now. So you weren't worried about karma at all. <laughs> I've had several of my Postmates orders either not arrive or randomly. Not at the doorstep when they say they are, so I'm sure that's what's happening. Wow, that's that's rough. I once had an Instacart uh, order come, and I expressly said when I was living at that other place, not the place I live now, and I said, "Do not leave it downstairs because this is an apartment complex. Anybody could eat it. Please bring it to the third floor." And I always used to tip well. One day, the Instacart, and I, said, I even said, "Please, if you leave it, somebody else will take it," because there was like a lot of theft happening. One day. I went down. I I went down. My food wasn't where it was supposed to be. I go downstairs. It's not where it's supposed to be. I could re- report the entire thing, get my hundred and fifty dollars back, and hey, then my neighbor. Yeah. It's a soft girl recession, okay? And then my neighbor comes knocking on my door, talking about, "Oh, I brought this up for you in the elevator." I didn't report it that I had found it. I kept my money. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit. They you didn't follow. These platforms make millions of dollars every day. That twenty dollars, well, you had a hundred dollars, but they ain't gonna miss that. I will say this: it wasn't intentional, and I feel like what's gonna happen is there's a there's a new thing that that people are complaining about Postmates and Uber drivers that people are lying when they receive their stuff. We're not condoning that. We're not talking about the customers getting food and lying. We're talking about the drivers being hungry and having a little snack. Like yeah. the, what's the name? Um, Kim Parker, the, the young uh, one. They ain't getting a snack. They taking the whole meal. So you know what Countess Vaughn, not Countess Vaughn. Is that Countess Vaughn? Is that her name from the Parkers? Countess. Countess Vaughn. She's a special person. She was made for memes. She was made for memes. I think the reason why the software recession is hurting my feelings, guys. Please don't judge me. I was supposed to get a client check today, right? And the client checks are what I use for things that I know are not necessities, but I need them for my bougie self care. And one of those things is my cleaning lady. Like, I know how to clean a house, but I don't like it. So my cleaning lady was going to get paid from this check that I didn't receive. And so I told her, hey, sis, I'm so sorry. I was going to pay you out of my discretionary income. It didn't come in, so I don't feel responsible using rent money to pay you. I'll hit you up in two weeks when I finally get the check. She says to me, oh, no, are you okay? Do you need to borrow $300? (laughs) My cleaning lady offered me a loan, (laughs) y'all. 
<laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> it's nice, but like, I don't like it. Like, I was touched, but also like, I felt pathetic. Like, my cleaning lady said, do you need a paycheck loan? I said, no, I'm good. Let's do it on the 22nd. And she said, got it. But if you do need it, I have between three to 500 that I could give you. She she upped the answer thinking I was being prideful. So now my, my cleaning lady thinks I'm broke, y'all. Do you hear that sentence? My cleaning lady thinks I'm broke. That sentence encapsulates soft girl recession. You have a cleaning lady, but she thinks you ain't got shit. Now, is she bringing her own supplies, or do you at least have the cleaning supplies to clean your own damn bathroom? You know what, Jeffrey? Don't do this. I feel like I've shared enough. <laughs> Do you know what I, I recently learned? I recently learned that all the people who bought NFTs, remember how those NFTs were like a big thing, was the next wave, was like Bitcoin, but none of us knew what it really meant? I just thought it was a JPEG that you paid a lot of money for. <laughs> well, apparently I was correct. 95% of those NFTs are now worthless. Wow. 95% of those NFTs that people spent millions on are worth zero dollars. So I just want y'all to know that please don't let the recession have you out here doing Bitcoin, JPEG, whatever else. Uh, the last thing that I want to cover about the recession, though, is that I've had several people tell me that they were going to be sugar babies. And I had a talk with my God about it. She said no. Um, could you guys, have you guys ever had a time in your life without telling too much of your business where being a sugar baby seemed like something that you could do? Because on TikTok, there's all these girls saying that they're trying to figure out how to kiss old white men without throwing up. Wait, you said a time in, uh, hold on. Uh, well, that's because they choosing white men. All sugar daddies and mamas ain't white people. So they can choose from the, a pool of lines. The girls on Instagram say that the old white men pay more. They, I can see that. But it's a choice. So they choosing the white ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Lou, were you going to say something? I mean, I, I could probably do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love how everybody, everybody's being very transparent today. Um, I what was that? How can, <laughs> like a mom. <laughs> is it like a dragonfly in your house, girl? What's going on? That's her pet. <laughs> a Daenerys over there with her pet dragons flying around. <laughs> like, girl. My thing is, I would love to be a sugar baby who doesn't give away any sugar. Like those exist, right? Aren't no. those just like? Can't you just hire a friend too? Because that's kind of like what that is. Those are the one in the millions. Like those are the needle in the haystacks, the hit the lottery types. But I have great conversation, Jeffrey. You don't think no, I can? No, 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 no. But those are, again, the odds of finding someone who does not want a return on their investment is <laughs> to none. The odds of finding somebody who's like, yes, I simply just want a companion, a person to just physically be here are very, very. <laughs> May the odds be in your favor. <laughs> so you don't think it's po- you don't think it's possible to be a sugar free sugar baby? I believe it's possible. I'm just <laughs> uh, okay. This this topic is making me sad because I'm recognizing that my idea for OnlyFans might have to come to fruition. I had an idea a couple of years ago where I wanted to do OnlyFans called Titties and Feet. Do it <laughs> because I figured what are the two parts of my body that nobody would ever <laughs> just titties and feet. I feel like they'd make some good money and you would never know it's me. So I bet you it's an audio. What happened, love? I said that would be a moneymaker. I bet yeah. you audience for it. One thing I learned is an audience for everything. No, there's definitely a foot audience. 
There's definitely a foot audience. All right, let's get right into the hot topics, guys. Uh, I hate that this is the first hot topic because I feel like I have talked about this ad nauseum. Uh, last week, or it's been like, what, a week and a half now? Almost two weeks now. Uh, there was a, a big controversy about the Kardashians that was online when Kim and her sister, Courtney, the oldest one, oldest one has the long, the longest name and the shortest one. Yeah, Courtney got into argument with Kim and Kim said some nasty stuff. Courtney said some nasty stuff back. Everybody took Kim, I mean, took Courtney's side. I did not, did the video and went viral. And after my video went viral, Perez Hilton plagiarized it and put it behind his paywall. And my first thought was, wow, a rich gay white man stealing from a black woman. There's so much to unpack in this. Right. Because a lot of times when marginalized, when people say, well, I'm gay, I've gone through this. I'm like, no, racism still exists in the gay community. White men are still white men, whether they're gay or not. And it really kind of bothered me because he kept he wrote in the caption. Oh, yeah, this went viral for some reason. And then said, come to my paywall to hear about it. If it already went viral, I mean, you know, the source. Have you guys ever been plagiarized? Has somebody ever taken your intellectual property or something that you were really proud about creating or cultivating or aggregating? And to credit for it, and you were like nowhere to be seen in the in the credits. I have not been so lucky. Sorry, oh. I'm not saying <laughs> it's not lucky. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. How about you, Lulu? Have you been plagiarized? What happened? Did that happen to you a lot? Two or three times a year. That's a lot. <laughs> Damn, friend. Okay, yes, it is a lot. I guess. I was going to say sometimes, I guess that is a lot. No, that's the reason why I wanted us to come back and do the show is because I feel like the conversations that we're having in small pockets, let's have them on camera so we can take credit. One of the things that we mentioned in the episode that I did with Carlos King recently about the Kardashians is the six archetypes. You guys remember that segment about how the six archetypes with the Kardashians represent? For those who didn't watch Carlos King's episode of his, what's it called? Reality? Reality with King. <laughs> Ooh, I feel like dust. I feel like Lulu. Like everything is just attacking me right now. So on the show, I mentioned that there are six uh, psychological archetypes that the Kardashians represent. The first one is Kris Jenner. She is the puppet master. The second one is Courtney. She's the manipulative uh, uh, victim. So she manipulates through crying. Then there's Kim, the narcissistic it girl, the pretty one that everybody's eyes are on and she wants the eyes on her. Chloe is the... Um, the martyr, right? Because she's the one who will set herself on fire to keep other people warm. Uh, Kendall is the pick me tomboy. Oh, I'm like the other girls. Yeah, you are. And then there's Kylie, the wild card. She really is just minding her business. To me, Kylie is the one who's light skinned to me. She might as well be part of our community because she's the least egregious of them. Although she'd be lying about her body parts, but I'm not going to get into that too much. I don't want to be accused of body shaming. Now I'm bringing this up because my question is, if you were forced, if you were told you could get a reality show right now for a million dollars, but you had to pick one of those six archetypes to embody, who could you successfully play in a reality show? Oh, which one would I be? Yeah. Uh... The puppet master, the the victim, the, um, the manipulative victim, the, the pretty it girl, the uh, martyr, uh, the pe- people pleasing martyr, the wild card or the pick me. I'd probably be a wild card. We can only have one wild card. Lulu, use it. What are you, Jeffrey? Hey, I don't care what y'all have going on. I'm going over here. <laughs> That's giving nar- narcissistic it, girl. I feel, I feel like... <laughs> like, Kylie, I'm not engaging with y'all. I'm actually... I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, I came over to say what's up, but I'm leaving. You would be a Portia in the housewives. Portia is not the wild card. Portia wants to be seen. <laughs> 
I think that I would be maybe the puppet master. I'd just be the old tired one. Like, where's the checks? Did the checks clear? <laughs> I feel like I would... Right. Do you guys have anybody in your family that reminds you of the Kardashians? I feel like a lot of the folks who hit me up said, I don't even watch the show, but I enjoy the breakdown because I saw so many people that I knew in those characters. I feel like I can see a couple of the folks in my family in those girls, me, unfortunately. We ain't got enough money in my family to act like that, so... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's based on money, though. I think every family has a conceited one. Every family has an auntie who thinks she's rich, but she's not. We all have the one who cries <laughs> through everything. That's not money at all. Yeah, I think that it reminded me of um, my some of my family, like my mom and her sisters. We spoke about this briefly, Blue, oh, yeah, but it's just, especially with women, I think that they can get really caught up on stuff that does not matter. And then it, it's like something small, and then it just balloons into like this big old thing that didn't even have to be that way if y'all could just be honest about the way you feel like I think that Courtney probably is jealous of Kim but she resents that she's even jealous like she's like I hate that I even care you know so it's just tough because I think a lot of times people just aren't honest with themselves about their own emotions so how can you even process it if you're lying to you that's true I actually have a thing where I can't be friends with anybody who I feel like how do I say this nicely? You know, some people are just need a win. Like they're desperate for a win and they look like if they get one more L, they're going to break. Yeah. I, I will be supportive with somebody through that, but I won't be sharing intimate details through that because I've learned the hard way that when people are perceiving that they're in a losing streak and they're desperate for a win, they tend to subconsciously find wins in petty ways that are not always healthy or safe psychologically. Um, I had one friend, she was going through a losing streak, but I realized very slowly, unfortunately, that her win was through being the one with all the tea. So she was always spreading our business because that was her way of feeling like she had something to make her feel special or important. I get very nervous around folks who are desperate for a win. Not folks who are going through a rough patch. We all go through rough patches. But people who are desperate to feel superior, they make me nervous. They make me really fucking nervous. I mean, I really Do you think this will happen with the Kardashians or um, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I think I think Courtney wants a moment. Okay, Lulu, that's a dragon. Lulu, there's a dragon in your house. <laughs> <laughs> what, whatever that was. It, it flew. It's about the ring light. It's being attracted by the ring light. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it, it, it flew towards the light. Oh my God. I was not expecting us to have a Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'm not gonna judge it. I just want to make sure. Are you safe? Like, are, does it bite? I hope so. I okay, Jeff, <laughs> Jeffrey. Jeffrey, you're supposed to be the big strong man of the group. Do you beat like uh, kill off bugs and stuff? Uh, I'm, I just don't like snakes and spiders. Do you That's... do you do you kill bugs though? Do you kill them I mean, actively? Yeah, it's just snakes and spiders. I tend to stay away from them. That's the only thing. I'm like, you got to figure it out. I get Maybe a little bit. Can... Here. <laughs> <laughs> oh this is yeah now you got me looking around there's a mosquito infestation happening all over california um and the reason why i know that is because i got bit up last night and hit and hit up the property management company and instead of like saying we're gonna fix it they sent me a link they're like yeah it is the season i was like excuse me <laughs> they were like they was like yeah because all, all the rain that took place there's a lot of mosquitoes and uh mites and chiggers so that's a word I learned today, guys. I thought I almost thought that I was gonna call the police on the property management company. They said it could be <laughs> mites, mosquitoes, or chiggers. 
Have you guys like that? Which is what? What is it? A chigger is is a a really black mosquito. I don't know. It's 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 it's, 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 it's Jeffrey Fixer face. A chigger. Yeah. That. Somebody Google it. Somebody Google it. I'm gonna um, what should we call it? Deviate from this topic because I think the CBD just hit. Um, <laughs> I would, let's go right into the next hot topic: uh, Drake versus Joe Budden. Did you guys hear about what's happening with Drake and Joe Budden? Yes, and Drake is the most sensitive thug that needs a hug I ever seen in my whole life. Well, let's set it up for the audience in case they were they were not living on the Twitter streets this week. Uh, Drake recently dropped his latest album, and after the album dropped, uh, people noted that it was extra misogynistic. I used to think that he was cosplaying as problematic. Um, now I'm concerned that the rumors are true and he might be an incel. And so Joe Budden, who from the episodes that I listened to preparing for this episode, apparently he's a huge Drake fan and is often saying he's him, which is like boy math for you're you're that dude. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, he's him and he's the greatest and da 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 da. So apparently Joe always gives Drake his flowers. But this album called For the Dogs, Joe, in my opinion, rightfully pointed out this music feels very young man minded. Instead of for the dogs, you might have should have called it for the, my pups because it feels like it's for young, bitter young men who haven't evolved emotionally, which I actually agreed with. Could not believe I'm about to say that I really agree with Joe Budden. And he said, as a grown man in my 40s, this music is not for me. He's like, I appreciate what you were trying to do. But after I listened to the album, I had to Google your age, bruh. And you about to be 37 in 15 days. And why are you <laughs> talking like a 20 year old when you're almost 40? Apparently, Drake didn't take that well. Uh, Drake wrote a long, long emotional caption because, you know, Drake is good for an emotional (laughs) caption. And in the caption, he basically says, shut up, brokey. Um, You're only a millionaire. And uh, the rest of the audience who's working class and going through a soft girl recession said, how I get in it? Because I felt felt very, how you calling Joe Budden broke? Then what am I? I was very offended. Uh, So Drake basically called everybody broke as a response to him putting out young man music. And then Birdman jumped in and threatened to cause bodily harm to everybody talking. Because Birdman is a goon (laughs) that I I don't think he's a sensitive thug. I think Birdman really will shoot somebody. So my question, allegedly, allegedly. So my question is, (laughs) do you think Drake was being overly sensitive? And what do you think is the line for podcasters and social commentarians when they're critiquing music of people, that, especially those that they know are going to hear the critique? Um, I think that, I mean, I don't see where both things can be true necessarily. I feel like that's <clears throat> Drake's brand is to make that kind of music. Like his album, I was playing it. Um, I can't say I would actually like listen to the content because there's a lot of tracks. And but just in playing it, let it play in the background. It sounded like a Drake album I've heard before, but I wasn't mad. I can't say it's a bad album because I haven't taken in the, con- the content. But I'm like, it's it's Drake. Like, it's what Drake does. I wasn't like, oh, Drake is doing this again. I'm like, no, this is actually his, this is what he does. But you I'm don't sure have great uh, Instagram captions in there. A lot of quotes that's going to be used and everything. But it's, it's Drake. It's very Drake. But the critique wasn't that it wasn't Drake. The critique was that it, it hasn't, he hasn't evolved. So what do you think of the critique? I always say, I think, honestly, I think music is a young person's game, especially when it comes to rap and hip hop. I don't want to hear what, uh, I mean, I hate to say it, one of the greatest rappers alive, Nas, who's still putting out albums, folks are not playing it. They're playing Young young Lil Durk and NBA Never Broke Again and whoever these other young, Sexy Red, you know, they're not, once a rapper crosses over that 40-year-old line, 
what are who is over 40 that is like selling out like that rappers like that Trina ain't even up there rapping about nan nigga no more <laughs> so, but I have a question then this is my last question because if the part of I would have normally agreed with that the part of that that I do think is different and alarming is that if you're gonna do a young man's game why be more hateful towards women if you're gonna skew young like that's not necessary like he's was already it's not the usual Drake Drake is like how do I say it? If his, if his problematic Drake was at a six, he's now at a 12. He, Drake puts, he's been putting out fuckboy music for that. I want to no, say what? No, it's, no, Jeffrey, it's, it's more fuckier. I promise you. It's not yeah, his usual fuckboy. Well, it's more evolving. fuckier than usual. Yeah, no, it's evolving. It started off soft fucky, then it got real fucky. Oh, now so that's where he evolves. So he doesn't evolve in the, on the actual talent. He's evolving on the hatred. Yeah, he sees the lane and listen, it's about money. What is selling? Drake is, I think he's very smart, very strategic. What is selling? Oh, I did a couple of songs that were kind of misogynistic and this, this, and that. Oh, wait, they eating this shit up. Why not give it to him? I don't know Drake personally. And a lot of times we all have learned with these celebrities, the persona we see is not actually possibly who they are behind closed doors when they're at home. I think Drake is just buying into his own brand. Jeffrey, I will say this right now, and I feel like Lulu as a woman in LA can, can co-sign. There have been times where I've been in a room where I'm the only girl who Drake hadn't slept with. Drake's persona is not a, a mystery in the, these Los Angeles streets. Exactly. He's a fuckboy. He's making fuck Yeah. <laughs> there is no persona. We all know 511 girls, personally, who have seen his wee-wee. And so, or who almost saw his wee-wee. So, I'm, Lulu, I'm not going to... I'm yeah, not going to... So yeah, there's no... But there's no mystique, though. Everybody knows that he's a corny dude with a big penis. Oh, shit. Let me not... The CBD done hit. Lulu, I'm I'm saying too much. Lulu, you talk. <laughs> so, so sorry. I mean, I kind of feel like... Maybe because I'm old, too. I feel like music too? is... <laughs> I mean, too, like, too, like, also, like, Joe Budden. So I feel like it's mm-hmm. it's entertainment and, and I don't really take it seriously. So, but I understand, like, I think from Joe Budden's perspective, he's like, I'm, you know, a fan of Drake's and I just wish that I could hear something different. So I don't think there's anything wrong with what he said. He didn't even diss him. He was just he like, didn't. dang, this is the same thing that before you're making young people music, that's weird, whatever, cool. And even his response, he was like, time is undefeated. Like you even just giving this rant, call me broke. I don't even care about that. Like, I'm glad you're doing it actually. So maybe more people come to my podcast and see what I said. Oh yeah. Like The name of the album is For All the Dogs. I don't know what anybody else expected. I knew what I expected. He had the little thing going on with um the cover for one of the songs where he used like Halle Berry's uh slime photo from a Nickelodeon thing. Yeah. She, oh, I didn't give you permission. Why did you ask if you're gonna do it anyway? Blah blah blah. He was being a fuck boy. So I was like, oh, this is exactly what the album's gonna roll out. And it was exactly what the album is. So But the, the dogs are saying it's not for them. So the, the issue is it's called for the dogs, and they're like, no, this is this is for the pups. Like do, dogs don't move like this. The no. misogynist, the misogynists are like, you failed us. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> the grown, like the misogynists who are in his age bracket, like, bro, I thought it's for us. This is for our little brothers. I mean, it's for, yes, music is, yes, a 20-something-year-old game, so. I think Drake lost me because he, and I used to be a big Drake stan. Like, I used to call him my problematic cheat mail. Because, you know, I, I'm all about emotional intelligence. I was like, y'all can have Chris Brown, I'm going to take Drake. We all have this one problematic fave that we just got to eat it, right? He lost me when he kept kept harping on the Mega, Mega Stallion thing, even when everybody else said, Drake, you're being problematic. Even 
Perfect example, Joe Budden's whole podcast for months and months and months dragged Meg Stallion to the point where they were getting hate mail from female listeners saying, you're being misogynistic. She was shot and her mother just died. And this is nasty in a way that's irresponsible. The fact that Joe Budden's considered the most popular misogynistic black male podcaster alive and his team said, we were wrong. We saw the documentary. We saw the courts. We might have been wrong. We think he did that shit. When Joe Budden is saying, you know what, we went too far. And Drake said, nah, farther. <laughs> to me, that's dangerous. That's not about fuckboy music anymore. That's not about playing the game anymore. You set trends and you are pushing something harmful further than the rest of the ecosystem that's watching you. That's not necessary. He could have still been that dude without pushing it further. And not only did he go after Meg The Stallion, he also said something about Esperanza Spalding. Who the hell goes after Esperanza Spalding? He cussed her out in a song for beating him in, at the Grammys. Esperanza Spalding, guys. Google her if you don't know who she is. All she does is play her music and mind her business. Who's next? Michelle Obama? Actually, <laughs> let me not give him any ideas on the, on the off chance that Drake algorithm tells him to watch the show. I just think that I agree that you have to understand the marketplace. At a certain point, though, it's irresponsible. And I think Drake has always been a fuckboy, to your point, Jeffrey. I think he's now veered into irresponsible in a way that is not about entertainment anymore. I think it could cause real harm. Like really, what really is the beef with, with Megan Thee Stallion anyways? Like, I'm like, why do you even care about all this? Because to- like, because Tori's his homeboy from Toronto. Um, hmm. That's all it is. He's like, I don't care if he shot you. That's my boy from Toronto. Toronto, y'all need to... <laughs> yeah, I, I feel bad for the girls in Toronto. I honestly do. Are we going to listen to Drake's album? I uh, I've been reading all the lyrics. I played it. I mean, I got, again, I haven't like said and listened to the actual lyrics yet. I mean, I just had it kind of playing in the background. And like I said, just if you like his previous work, I feel like you like this one because just the sound of it, the vibe of it, it sound, it fit in with the catalog. Yes. If you like the previous work and don't listen to lyrics yeah, and have no soul. What happened, Lulu? I said, what is he talking about in the lyrics? Uh, hating women. Fuck these niggas. My money is up. I'm him. All the usual stuff, but he just hates women way more than usual. Like, way, way more than usual. Uh, speaking so of people who... who does what have a couple of women cameos on the album, so... What does that mean? I'm just saying, like, if it's, if it's a thing of, oh, Drake, people feel that he's super misogynistic and hates women, the features... How, I, I guess, why are women still working with him and not, like, just... Race, racist people have half, half black children all the time. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, that doesn't, that's never meant anything to me. Just because no, your friends your friends are women doesn't mean you're not misogynistic. Say it again. No, I'm, but why is he? Why are they um, agreeing to work with him? Industry stuff. He's Drake. Money, money. Yeah, that's just money. I'm sorry, but there's a lot of people in this industry who will see you shoot somebody and still do a feature with you if you if you number one on the charts. Drake was just Kelly. Everybody knew. That's all little girls. Everybody, every single person knew. Oh, every the time somebody says knew. R. Kelly's name, I get itchy. Oh, I feel like that dragonfly in your house just came to my house. Speaking of people, since we're talking about problematic people, I'm going to skip over to this person, Doja Cat, y'all. Doja has been known to be a troll. We have, it's so funny. Doja and I have a mutual acquaintance who was part of her team who who did an episode of Humanized. It is the only episode of Humanized that ever got deleted without me seeing it. And thinking back to how adoring the conversation was, 
back then because she had just come off a tour of Doja and was trying to like link us up to me because she's like, Blue, I feel like she needs somebody like you in her life. And I, we were saying all these beautiful things. Thinking back on that episode, I'm wondering if God deleted it. Shout out to my homegirl. You know who you are. You're still wonderful. We can still come back and talk about other things. But Doja, who I was a huge fan of and just thought she was a professional troll like Little Nas X and all these other kids, she recently posted a series of selfies. And in the selfies, you know how she's been making herself look ugly recently because she's trying to say a middle finger to the, to the law and to her fans? This time, she was wearing a t-shirt with the, fa- with the face of a, Nazi, a neo-Nazi. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, and this is the kind of neo-Nazi that you have to be deacon, deep in the dark web with the alt-right to even know exists. He's not like a popular name like David Duke that they say on CNN all the time. It's somebody that you have to be on the dark web to even know exists. So she is dating a she's dating a white comedian, and this guy is a neo-Nazi comedian. So the speculation is, what is that saying about your boyfriend? Because if this comedian is a neo-Nazi and your your, your boyfriend's a comedian, are they hanging out in the same circles? Is, is that why you're privy to him on those chat rooms where you be showing toe pictures and stuff? And so people are saying this has gone beyond her trolling. Doja is telling us in plain sight how self-hating she is and is it time to let her go, despite the fact that everybody agrees that her latest album still kind of slaps. She's wildly, wildly talented. I'm she torn is. on this one because the ta- unlike Drake, where he's being lazy and not evolving, Doja on her worst day will still take you someplace new. And so I, this one messes with me a lot. Um, what do we think about Doja wearing a neo-Nazi t-shirt, even though she's probably one of the most exciting female rappers out right now as far as lyricism and content, arguably speaking? I feel bad for her because I think that she is kind of going through like some kind, I think she's going through something. Like them pictures that I saw of her and her eyebrows shaved off and it's it's given it's given she needs to go talk to that lady. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> go talk to the lady. What do you, you think, Jeffrey? Mm. I don't keep up with Doja, so I don't know. I do like the previous album. That was the one that I heard. Um, I didn't know about the neo Nazi stuff. It obviously sounds very crazy, but yeah. Is, but, but I'm saying, is your is your favorite rapper wearing a Hitler T-shirt? Let's say, is that a deal breaker for you? Uh wearing a Hitler T-shirt that's a bit that's a bit extreme. A, a neo Nazi's extreme. I don't think I don't actually don't think from a neo Nazi to Hitler is that extreme. They they wouldn't call it extreme. That's that's yeah. their hero. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, I'm posting that on my story. But at the same time, I won't sit here and just because I'm on camera lying, be like, oh, I'm deleting their music and unfollowing them and everything. Um, I have an issue with, again, like mentioned earlier, like R. Kelly, like, you know, touching kids and sexual assault, things like that. I have actually stopped listening to a lot of artists, but like, I don't, but and also, I think it's hard for me to be like, yes or no, because I'm, I can't sit here just be like, yeah, I'm a fan of Doja. So, oh my God, this is shocking me or something. You know what I mean? No, I mean, the question is if your favorite wore a neo-Nazi shirt, was that a deal breaker? It's a very simple question. I, I got questions. What, what are you thinking? <laughs> if... What's going on? Be a real <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had a mental break, you know, like you just had a moment and you need to go check yourself. Is it a moment if it's been a year though? <laughs> like she's, I, she's worn it consistently and like it's, it's been this, a year. She's like worn it several times. So what's happened is this is this the latest. First, she told her fans, F you, I don't like y'all. She said, y'all are dumb for liking my previous music, including the one, you're a dummy. She called you a dumbass, Jeffrey, because she said her previous music was a cash grab and you dummies fell for it. 
She's like, I don't care if y'all follow me. And they were like, Doja, we love you. Do you love us? She said, no, I don't love you. So she's been doing <laughs> No, she, she really did. You could Google it. Like, she's been saying F you to her fans for a year now. And then she ended it with the neo-Nazi t-shirt. Oh, wow. She All need right. to see the lady. They still she buy- see the lady. Well, here's the thing. I just... I'm such a big proponent of talent. Mm-hmm. It always breaks my heart when somebody talented who has so much value to add to society ends up being someone that ugh, you can't sit with us. You know what I mean? Um, one of the things people have mentioned is she's biracial. Those ain't worried about you at all. She said F y'all. <laughs> she really, I mean, she, she, she said F you, Jeffrey, because you said you liked her last album. She called you a dummy. Okay, that's you directly. <laughs> Those are called you a dummy to you. When, when that little girl said, Doja, we love you, do you love us back? And she said, no, I don't love you. I don't even know you, weirdo. I was just like, damn, bruh. Like, you didn't have to respond at all. Right, you could have just not. You could have just blew past that comment, girl. She said, no, I don't love you, weirdo. Why would I love a complete stranger? Like, damn, we know this, but like, these are your fans. If you guys had a fan name for your, I don't know what the Doja cast is to be called, the kitties, the meow meows, I don't know. If you had to have like a name for your fandom, what would it be? Oh, I never thought about that. <laughs> the Jeffros. <laughs> the Jeffros. <laughs> the Lula, the Lula Bells, maybe the Lula Bells. <laughs> the Lula Lemons. <laughs> the Lula, I was gonna say that, but I, I'll try not to. I love that we're on the same wavelength. Somebody told me I should call mine the Blue Bells. I do not want to call people the Blue Bells like that. I, I, a lot of grown ass men listen to the show and masculine lesbians, and I just don't see them calling themselves Blue Bells. Blue Bells, you know. <laughs> So raise your hand if you're looking at Doja differently because of her previous antics. I feel like I've been side-eyeing her this whole time. So like I was oh. looking at her this, like from like using the N-word in the chat rooms and I'm like, you're black. So I'm like, the self-hatred, it, it runs really deep and she clearly has emotional and psychological issues because of the way that she talks about black people and the way that she treats her fans and herself. So it's almost like one of those things, like, you know, people who like, Oh, you like me so much, then there must be something wrong with you. Like they yeah. only want people freaking bad. So like, even with her fans, like they're adoring her, think that she's great. And she's like, Oh, you guys are stupid. You fell for it, blah, 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 because she hates herself so much. Anybody who likes her, she's against that. Yeah, that makes me sad. The only time I ever heard Dosha sound really, really proud to be Black was when she met Whoopi Goldberg and said, oh, my father was in Serafina with you. And she was like, yeah, because I guess he's South African. That's the only time I've ever seen her be excited about Blackness, but I think that was more her so her being excited about Whoopi Goldberg. Other yeah. than that, I've never, she's she dates white guys, which by the way, I don't have an issue with. Like, I actually don't have a problem with interracial relationship if it's just like, you just like the person. But the fact that she only is attracted to like doofy looking white guys and is always doing like making comments about hating her nappy hair, but her hair's not even nappy, it's just curly. I feel like only people who hate themselves don't know the difference between like kinky hair and just a curly biracial wave. Like even her hair is too black for her, right? And so I just feel like I want her to like herself more. And so my mutual friend with her, please don't think I'm talking bad about our mutual because uh I love y'all. Uh next topic, real quick before oh God, I just realized guys that I have not charged my phone this entire time. <laughs> can you imagine if i was doing the show and then all of a sudden everything just went black would y'all judge me <laughs> Luckily it's not guys, well remind me i'm gonna buy you guys headphones if you see me like reading lips like helen keller just know it's because i can't hear you 
<laughs> the show is called Humanized, so we don't worry about being raw and unplugged here. In fact, I'm thinking about calling this Humanized Unplugged since we're not in the studio. Okay. Cool. My charger's in so we can actually finish the show. Uh, next topic, and this one is... Uh, I'm going to do my best not to say anything during this one. Why do I keep dropping this? Oh, you guys, I think the CBD stuff is really working. I have no <laughs> hand. I I just unplugged and replugged my phone three times in the past two seconds. Yeah, no, no, no more CBD on the show. All right, it's back in. Travis, Kelsey, and Taylor Swift. Have you guys heard about this one? How could you not? It's everywhere. <laughs> Lulu, what have you heard about Travis and uh, Travis, Kelsey, and Taylor Swift? I'm so I mean, just to get together, I, I was watching this thing that said that um, these people were playing a drinking game that you had to take a shot every single time they mentioned uh, Taylor Swift and the guy like passed out. <laughs> See, that's funny. That's actually funny and it's accurate. And you know what's wild to me is that like, oh, his jersey went up 400% because she was seen with him X, Y, and Z. I'm not a Swifty. I'll just start there. I think people who compare her to Beyonce and call her the white Beyonce, I've been hearing that recently, that people are trying to call her the white Beyonce. I think those people should, number one, understand that you don't have to compare where you can't compete. And number two, I hope you stub your toe every morning when you get out of bed for the rest of your life for even saying some <laughs> dumb shit like that. Uh, the, I started caring about this when I started hearing rumors that because of how much money Taylor Swift has made the NFL just from sitting in this in the the box, there's been rumors that they're trying to figure out how to get her to do the Super Bowl halftime show that they already announced that Usher would be doing. How do we feel? about even the potential of Taylor Swift replacing and or joining Usher instead of letting our boy have his moment 30 years into his career. There would be an uproar. I look at it at two different perspectives. If I were the owner of the NFL, (laughs) who's bringing the bigger bag? Me as a viewer and as a fan, of course I don't want to see Taylor Swift over or with Usher. But I understand that in this soft girl recession, some people need to keep their coins. So the NFL is not going through a soft girl recession, friend. That's not how that works. <laughs> there ain't nobody in the motherfucking NFL who's going through a soft girl recession. They want to make sure that they don't have to go through a soft girl recession. I'm just saying, yeah. I, I don't agree with it. And again, I would not want to see it happen. But for them, they only care about the money coming into their pockets. Y'all can kiss their ass and put it in a bid for us for next year. How do you feel, friend? <laughs> I see that Jeffrey be, be relating to the rich a lot. I'm starting to see a pattern. <laughs> I just, I'm trying to manifest because I don't want y'all yelling at me when I start doing some shit because the coins. Oh, so you're gonna you're gonna be problematic when you rich too, friend? I'm not gonna be problematic, but I'm gonna make sure I never be broke again. I'll never be in a rich girl recession again once I make it up there. <laughs> this is why I shouldn't teach you with phrases. He done used rich girl recession to come back at us three times now. We should have never gave you Wi-Fi, Jeffrey. Yes. Lulu, you're saying there'd be an uprising? Why do you think? I, I honestly, I think they would be riding in the streets. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the, the usher following, I think, has just been like rejuvenated with his. Um, Las Vegas residency and like yeah. it's not that people ever like not you know fuck with Usher but it's just like being able to see him live again and like in all his essence and he's still doing handstands and roller skating and carrying on like and don't let your girl around me like it's it really did like give his career a little zap I love Usher I'm biased towards Usher I am 
Yeah. I, I know what time on the clock on the, the dot. I know all of it. I love Usher. And you said again, some of us haven't seen him yet, Lulu. So that was a flex that you saw Usher in Vegas. Um, for those of us who have not seen Usher in Vegas, it would be nice to see him. And also, too, I just... <laughs> he's in I Paris. Honest, what happened, love? He's in Paris now. Oh, perfect segue. Paris. I am <laughs> not going to hang out with anybody until November. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of fashionistas are coming back from Paris Fashion Week on them bed bugs. I am going to mute the word bed bug for, for my Twitter account. Every time <laughs> those videos pop on my feet. Have you seen those videos? I've seen a couple of them, yeah. You see? Ugh. They're because alarming. I, <sighs> okay, be professional. The bed bugs make me itch in my spirit. Like in the parts of my body <laughs> that the sun cannot hit. I, I have the thought of the word bed bug. I, I don't want to say it one more time because it might be like red rum and somebody might show up in my house. Like I am so deathly afraid of them. And I just feel like with, <laughs> don't, don't, don't say it three times Lulu, in a row in the mirror. One's going to just come coming at you like a dragonfly. I'm scared of them. <laughs> have you guys ever experienced bed bugs? This is a judgment free zone. I actually uh, haven't. I have not. I do have a friend. I think Lou, I think you know that story. A Ooh. friend that got attacked by uh bed bugs. Wait, attacked? Years a couple of years back. Yeah. That's all you listen? Mm-hmm. No, this was at, at the house. They were roommates. <laughs> oh yeah. So, <laughs> it was a they did the how the bed bugs arrived, the, still technically a mystery. And nobody knew what it was at first. And then just, yeah, friend got ate up a lot. And then finally he was like, what is going on? And that's when they realized, oh, that bugs. Did it impact their friendship? No, because it wasn't anybody. Li- well, they don't think that it was one of the people in the house that did it. It was um, someone, vi- they say someone visiting might have possibly brought it because, you know, they, they travel. So... Then somebody did it because he was trapped. Let me tell you something. You know when you when you lose the remote and now you're mad at everybody because you're convinced that they're all sitting on it? Yeah. And then you suddenly have trust issues. Like, everybody stand up. I don't trust you. It's under your butt. <laughs> That's how I feel about bed bugs. You did it. <laughs> you did it. You did it. But it's definitely one of the things. It's, like, it's not like you're sitting there growing bed bugs in the lab and purposely. <laughs> no, but you... you, you it's just like, damn, you're just the unlucky party that got it. No, I got PTSD because somebody that... I was living in New York and somebody that... I think in the Airbnb that I was running was traveling and brought back a bed bug and I wanted to burn the whole apartment complex down. I, yeah. when I tell you I was wrapped like, like a condom around me. Like I was just like Kenny from South park. It was the most trauma and terror that I've ever felt in my life. I burned half my clothes. I don't wish that I'm, I have PTSD from that one time. Yeah. And I mean, I think we know like the media, I feel like media, no matter what part of the world, not just here in the U S you know, it always like, blows thing up so i think they are having an outbreak it's no um, it's a big outbreak it's, it's i big. think it's very possible to I me mean, as many people that did go over there somebody has some bed bugs that cross whatever season is back here hopefully it's not as big of an infestation hopefully we ain't got the covid version of bed bugs about to happen but just don't let people in your houses <laughs> As someone with Haitian lineage, I'm not going to lie, the Haitians are laughing at the French because, you know, they don't throw all of our money. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't mind that it was Paris. Shout out to everybody in, in France. I mean it. Y'all owe us. So as a Haitian person, I didn't mind that it happened in France. I just know that I love y'all. 
But if one of y'all brought a bed bug to my house, you would not be invited over for a very long time. <laughs> if you, if you, I'm gonna ask you this: If a friend brought a bed bug to your house and said, "Oh, friend, I'm sorry, I just came back from Paris and I forgot to shake that bag before I came over," as you're I'm scratching really? yourself, you said that and you intentionally came. That's very no, true. no, no. It's not intentional. She said, "I'm sorry, I forgot to shake the bag." It's not intentional. She was just being negligent. Coming from airport to your house, why is that bag in your no, house? No, no, the way bed bugs work uh, is that if you I come heard. with them in your luggage yeah. and you don't put it in hot water and whatever, it could just be sitting in that purse until you use it again. Mm. So a week later, you come to my house and your purse that you had on your trip and you weren't you were being reckless and you thought that you were immune. And now I'm like, oh, I have bed bugs. You're like, oh shit, my bad, blue. That that bag came to Paris with me, but I thought I was fine. You're not coming over again for a. I love you, but you're not coming over for a. Would you let your friend over again after that? How long? Maybe it's just me. I'm glad I've already had my trip to Paris. So, <laughs> how long? How long would it take you to invite somebody back over your house after they gave you bed bugs? How long does it take to fumigate the bed bugs? Mm-mm. Oh, you're a nice person. Mm-mm. And then they have the person also has to get you know. It's gonna be a while, friend. We we can meet we can meet at the park. <laughs> we can meet at your house. Let's see what I bring over. <laughs> can, can you imagine if I just brought something in a, in a jar, <laughs> like a cricket or something? Uh, uh-uh. uh. I'm, 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 <laughs> the thing about travel that's a little bit scary is like everybody's freaking out about traveling and bringing back the bed bugs. But recently, I've been seeing a lot of news stories about people who are traveling and getting put in jail. You know what I mean? Like the, the the girl who went to the, the Dominican girl from New York who went to Dubai and she had one of those Faha things that you have on those uh, waist centers after surgery. Like after you get a BBL or plastic surgery, they make you wear this compression gear to keep your parts in. So she went to Dubai and I guess the young lady um, was told to take it off because it was setting off the alarm. So she took it off and she was in pain. And when she walked through the thing and she cleared, she was struggling to put it back on. And so she gently, according to her, tapped the lady to tell her, can you tell my friends to come over here and help me? And they put her in jail for a year. Mm. And they they reversed it because it was a public backlash. But her just touching the TSA workers in Dubai's shoulder and saying, can you get my friend to help me? I'm in pain because my back brace is hard to put on by myself. They threw her in jail. And it took the U.S. government stepping in. And then there was another thing that happened. A young lady went to, I think, Israel, and she went to a peace festival. And then a bunch of terrorists came, and they violated her. Uh, They broke her limbs, and then they uh, rode her through the streets and spat on her dead body. And her mother recently just saw the video, and is all over the uh, social media, begging them just to bring her body home so that she she can have a proper burial. That's only happened in the past week, guys. And so when you're hearing about the stories about Israel and Dubai, beautiful places that like have beautiful sites and beautiful people and beautiful culture, but also have very different and very strict. Oh, there goes a mosquito. Ooh, child. I'm actually just thinking about it. <laughs> very specific cultural norms. Some people are saying, no, y'all shouldn't tell people to go to Dubai, not to go to Dubai because I've gone a million times and had a great time. But other folks are saying that's Russian roulette. Like, unless you know every single custom, stay your ass at home. How do you guys feel about people feeling weary about traveling to particularly Muslim states with really strict rules around women and gays and all the other good stuff? Um, I mean, I made a point whenever, like, traveling, typically because, you know, me and Lou, we travel together a lot, and just our friends that travel, we get lucky, I guess, and usually have one person that lets us know, hey, this is what you do, what you don't do. 
Yeah. And that kind of, we have never had issues like that. Um, I just know I'm not going to try to do something out of the country that I'm not going to do right here in my own backyard. But Jeffrey, that, that her, her like falling and, and like putting her hand on somebody, can you please call my friends? You would do that here. Like it's nothing egregious. Like it wasn't like she did something out of the norm or cut somebody out. Yeah, I thought she cut them out and that's why they locked them up, but she just touched them. Yeah, they're they're saying that her touching them was they called they called it assault. And apparently she was cleared because there's video that proved that she just was literally somebody post-op surgery trying to steady themselves yeah. to put on a back brace. Like putting on a back brace and trying to steady yourself, I don't think anybody's saying, Oh, I don't want to go to jail for that. So I don't want it to be like, oh, Americans going and being loud Americans. She was doing regular stuff. Perfect example. I travel a lot myself. And I remember when I went to Dubai, my friends who I was with had another friend who worked for a shell company. These people are very rich. And they lived in the Burj Khalifa, tallest building in the country. I mean in the world. And at one point, I saw how nice their penthouse was. And I was like, ooh, it's nice. And I did like a funny little shimmy. They t- grabbed my shoulder and said, you can't do that. We're outside. Like something as small as me doing a cute little, sh- like it wasn't like I was being sexual. It was something, a micro expression. And they stopped me. Had they not been there to, sh- to stop me, me saying, ooh, pizza. That getting me in jail. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I would have no way of knowing that. And so I- I'm kind of torn between... Where's the line when you're traveling? Do you do your own research? Or to Jeffrey's point, do you just wait to get lucky and hope somebody tells you the norms? I just wait to get lucky, honestly. I, I like After all of these people getting arrested, I'm like, I need to do some research because my ass would be arrested. I got detained once in Bali, so... Wait, wait, wait. Why'd you get detained in Bali? <laughs> we said, well, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well... What happened was uh-huh. this is, we had just landed in Bali. <laughs> we just landed in Bali, and I had drank the entire plane ride from wherever we came from to Bali. So I was drunk. <laughs> Wait, so I, I Bali was, is far. You drank from from LA to Ubud, like you drank all the way to Bali. Okay, the whole time. Okay, little and little so, here. I might have had a glass of water or two. Who knows? But. So they, um, when I, we landed, I'd had to go to the restroom. So it was with a group of people and I gave, I didn't have anything on me. I get, my friend had my bag and like my purse and stuff. So I was just walking around by myself, disoriented. And so security came up to me and was like, where are you going? And I was like, oh, I'm with my friends. They're, they're around here somewhere. And I was like, it's a big group of black people. And they're like, we don't see any black people. And I was like, no, for real, you guys. I'm like, they're a baggage claim. I promise. And they're like, mm, are you being sex trafficked? Is somebody forcing you? <laughs> so they took me to this tiny room. And so they're like interrogating me. And they're asking me like, who am I here with? How come I don't have a passport? How come I don't have a purse? How come I don't have any bags? Like you're just walking around, drugged up and drunk. <laughs> Lulu, that, sure Lulu, that's that's a lot more egregious than the young lady needing some support <laughs> with her back brace. <laughs> I might have stopped you if I was TSA. I was like, no, friends, I promise. And I was like, plus, who is sex trafficking my big ass? Like, I am like tall, muscular, like nobody can capture me. <laughs> Lulu, that is not true. <laughs> you know what's so crazy about Bali is that I love it out there and it's beautiful. However, I went to Bali while I was on unemployment 
like several years ago. Like I had just like left my job and was just going to travel to Bali for a couple of weeks and do like an eat, pray, love thing. But I was still on employment. And this is how, you know, soft girl recession is a problem, right? Because why are you going to Bali for the summer if you are unemployed? <laughs> <laughs> like, think about that. It was like 20, maybe 14, 2013. And so I get there. I have a great trip. I stayed in my budget. On the way back, I think we stopped in Qatar. I went on the unemployment website to check on my balance to see when I was going to get my next check. They A pop-up came up and said, it says you are out of the country. You have now been disqualified from getting further benefits. I said, excuse me? Apparently, the, gov- <laughs> <laughs> the government believes, bitch, if you could go to Qatar, why do you need our $900 a week? <laughs> they exit out the rest of my unemployment claim. That's crazy. Did not get another penny. So if you if you are unemployed but somehow have found a way to travel to tropical locations, please do not log into <laughs> the United States website talking about where's my unemployment money. I need some. Mm, mm, mm. I unemployment is a very interesting thing because I feel like a lot of people are too prideful to take unemployment. Do you guys feel that? I moved to California. <laughs> that is the, that's the name of the game out here. <laughs> really? Oh my God. You sit there when you fill out your paperwork, you calculate how soon can I <laughs> How long I gotta be at this job so before I can get unemployment? What is the answer? I used to it was not it was not intentional. Um found we found a pattern in my employment history for a while. I used to do marketing. I was in marketing for a while. And did not realize at the time, but it was pointed out to me that every two years, I would get fired and be on unemployment. I would work for two years and be on unemployment for two years. Jeffrey? Here's the unemployment for two years. I never quit. Like, I would never quit a job. I would just wait till they ask me to leave. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute. 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 So 18 months into your job, you would just stop doing stuff and just staring at them like, y'all want to fire me? <laughs> <laughs> There's a name for that, Jeffrey. It's called weaponized incompetence. Oh, tomato, <laughs> tomato. <laughs> <laughs> but wait a minute, two years? Huh? California gives you unemployment for two years? That is unemployment. It lasts for as long as you were working. So I would work for two years. And then those two years come around, they'd be like, uh, time for a performance review. And I'd be like, okay, hey, uh... <laughs> Okay, I'm so, I don't mean to look so shocked, but I'm thinking about all the money I left on the table. Why am I working so damn hard? I could have just... You know, listen, California, this great state of California, they have a lot of programs. They take care of... When you look into them, they take care of their citizens as best as possible. I know now it's a little... These streets is a little crazy now, but there was once upon a time, maybe that unemployment, that disability... Disability? <laughs> Jeffrey, you work out every day. What kind of disability you got? Mental health. <laughs> Oh, your brain hurt. Yo, I need to figure out how to work the system. I really, really do. Speaking of working the system in the California and the government and whatnot, um, in the upcoming election, you know that one of the people who are, might be running for president uh, is Mr. Donald Trump. Um, I hear he's in trouble, as he should be. Oh, God. Now I have, I was talking all this about Lulu. Now there's literally a bug following around this house. Yo, this <laughs> LA mosquito bug shit that we're going through, I need this to be over. Like, it's October. Why are we still talking about mosquitoes and dragonflies in October? Anyways, Donald Trump um, has been in a lot of trouble, as he should be. But one person who's going to vote for him no matter what is Sexy Red. (laughs) And Sexy Red was really uh, loud about how she loved Trump because he gave her $1,800 
during uh, COVID or whatever. And right after she came out with her endorsement of Trunk, I don't even, I don't, I think endorsement is a strong word. One, right after she admitted she liked him or whatever, her sex tape was released, uh, allegedly without her consent on her stories. I thought and she I, put it on her stories because somebody was going to release it. No, she said, I would never do no crazy shit like that. She was very adamant that she didn't release it. Like, very adamant. Y'all know me. Y'all know I wouldn't do no no weirdo shit like that. And so she said that she was hacked by some weird boy that she used to deal with. And there was a, a meme going around of a of a chocolate uh, loaf, a butter cake. <laughs> Thank you for saying that to me, Lou. There was a, a meme going around of a, a burnt butter cake that was supposed to be a simulation of Sexy Red's uh, genitals, her, her wobbly bits. And she said, uh, and I quote, that's how I know y'all don't be fucking because why would the outside be pink? I meant the inside. Because people were saying that her lyrics were a lie because she said her booty hole, uh, her, her vagina is pink and her booty hole is brown. I'm stunned. This is a hot topic, guys. This has been all over the the actual news <laughs> talking about the color of Sexy Red's vulva and Trump. My question is, number one, how do you feel about ratchet stars who we don't think is being politicals and mental giants in that respect how do you feel when they come out and are so loud about their love of trump and number two do you think it was retaliation that that person uh hacked her account and posted that video like right after she made that endorsement do you think it's a coincidence or do you think it was retaliation i don't think i i mean i don't think the two have anything to do with each other um i think they're kind of two separate things her what she was saying regarding trump that was just I felt personally like a very ignorant statement. Like she's talking as if getting still like, oh, the money that uh, came in those stimulus checks was life-changing money. That was a weekend in LA, you know? And I mean, I get it before when that happened, I don't think she was on the radio yet. So she's from St. Louis, right? I don't know where 60 Red is from. I think, I she's, <laughs> I think so. I, I could be wrong, but Cost of living there versus cost of living in LA. Maybe that's why I look at those stimulus checks as, you know, okay, this is this is me and Lulu at brunch. You know, I, I, I guess we're going to everyday people. Yeah. But um, yeah, I again I think listen, every American citizen, regardless of your occupation choice, public figure, private figure, is a citizen, has a vote, has a voice. So okay, but I see where she stands, so I'm not feeling her on that. The sex tape thing. You are now a public figure. You're a celebrity. People are going to do anything. So I think them releasing that was just more like, oh, you popping. I'm going to put it out. Or they probably tried to get some money and she was like, no. And they're like, well, I'm just going to put it out. What do you think, Lulu? I think that Sexy Red is like a cartoon character. <laughs> uh, for, maybe an adult cartoon character. Adult cartoon. And she's just such a joke to me. And I mean, oh, I don't wow. know if that sounds good. It's like for me to even take anything she says seriously after you just made a whole song about your booty hole. Like, come on. Like, like <laughs> whatever, but, girl. But I will say this, Lulu. When we went to the uh, sports bar on Sunday, I think it was like last week. At one point, you were singing my, my, mm, mm, my booty hole brown. And I looked over at you and said, ski. And, and, we started, and, and we started laughing. We had that moment, friend. So not to call us out. No. <laughs> it's a 
joke like it's literally entertainment like similar to what i was saying about drake before like i don't put these people like on any kind of pedestal she i just looked it up she is from st louis she's some hood girl was was from st louis with tattoos and bifocals on talk about her booty for whole brown and and i for one am entertained and like that's all it is like She's not running. I probably wouldn't vote for her if she was running for any office. She's not who I'm going to for political um, analysis and, you know, what her thoughts are. But I might, you might catch me saying ski weed. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yes. Not ski weed. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the thing. Like when she was saying that, I hate that she said it because she does have fans. She has a lot of fans her age and younger that will hear that and think, oh yeah, Donald Trump sent us that money and this, this and that. Um, and you know, just even the whole like, yeah, what she said that bothered me more than talking about singing check was her saying, I thought he was entertaining, he would say what he wanted. And we unfortunately live in this quote unquote, uh, I believe it's first amendment, it's first amendment freedom of speech. Which one is second? Second, yeah, no, the second is the gun, so it must be the first. Yes, the first First amendment amendment is we live in this freedom of speech culture, which people want to put freedom of on everything. I just think that that was just slightly irresponsible of her to really say. Um, but again, just as I can have my opinion, she is free to have her opinion. Yeah, but here's the thing about freedom of speech. Freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom of, of consequences. So there's there's no amendment that says that you won't have to pay the consequences for your speech. I'm not saying she doesn't have consequences, but yeah, he said it. And so it's just some of her fans that will probably be like, oh, yeah, Donald Trump, he say, he say what he means. Say it like he mean it. So... Yeah, I I think 10 years ago, I'd be like, she, she's a silly girl be doing silly shit. What do you expect? What's making me nervous now is the fact that I'm not famous at all. Like, Sexy Red is famous. Whether we like it or not, she's famous because we all know her name. We're all saying ski. We all talk about the colors of booty holes and vaginas now, right? She's done enough where she's in the, the zeitgeist. She's has an impact of some sort where even people who are outside of her demographic, because no shade to us, we're all older than her demographic, guys. And we still know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So she has a, a, a bigger impact arguably than most of us, than all of us on this call right now. I don't even have that much of an impact. And I've been stunned how many times I've gotten a DM from someone who's seen me on a podcast saying, I read this book because of you. I moved to this area because of you. I went to this restaurant because of you. And at first it was flattering. And then it started to make me nervous. Like, oh, wait a minute. Like y'all are doing things just because I'm talking shit to my friends on a podcast. You see what I'm saying? And when you really start to think about a micro influencer like me hearing that, imagine the influence that she has. And that's what makes me nervous because there are folks who only get their news from the shade room and Hollywood Unlocked and sites like that, that I love. Like I'm friends with all of those sites. So it's not like I'm talking ill about them, but if you only get your news from those kind of sites and your favorite ratchet girl is talking about Trump, it might impact you. And that's why to me, it becomes dangerous. It becomes dangerous to me at that point. Well, I understand why why you feel that way. I just, I feel like this kind of stuff has been going on for a while, especially since social media has been like so many people have so many more platforms that they didn't have before. Exactly. Because of social media. Like celebrities used to be a mystique and you could maybe see them in a magazine, you know, picking up their laundry without their makeup on. And that was like something crazy. But like now everybody has a camera shoved in their face. Everybody can just get on live, say whatever mm-hmm. they want to say. 
So, I mean, until we start make stop making ignorant people famous, it's going to keep happening, honestly. Oh, that's... <laughs> I feel like the end of days. No, I, I really feel like I want to have a conversation at some point, not today, but just about the, the power of influence because influences and reality TV stars, they make, like, perfect example. I know white folks now who now recognize that in the Black community, they cannot have a white fridge. That's because of Nene Leakes, right? <laughs> Nene was like, oh, she got a white fridge. Like, when you start watching Housewives and things that are usually only at the cookout have now become mainstream, you're recognizing that those lines are getting blurred. Speaking of reality TV, uh, Jeffrey, we all know that you are the resident Housewives expert here. You know all <laughs> things Housewives. Seriously, you really need to, at some point, host like a Housewives-themed event. We will both show up and get eat your mac and cheese. I have recently been watching uh, Real Housewives of New York. And I watched it because, you know, I'm, I'm I'm very friendly with Ebony K. Williams. She's always been lovely to me. She speaks so much life into me. So I wanted to watch it two seasons ago because I wanted to support her. Whole thing blew up. They did a reboot. And this season, I watched it. And I am stunned to say that everybody I thought would be my faves, I absolutely hate and despise. Mm. And the folks that I was not checking for, I'm pleasantly surprised by. And so I went on Twitter thinking... Maybe it's an age thing, right? Maybe I'm older and so I'm a little bit stuffier. Apparently, Cy, the girl from New York with the, with the hard knock life, everybody hates her. And I'm, I'm part of everybody because she has come off very, very mean. Just mean, mean, mean. And plays oppression Olympics, which makes me sad because her story is so relatable that her mouth ruined it. Um, and then there's uh, Jessel, who was the Indian one who was supposed to see, be seen as British and hoity and unrelatable. She's actually the fan fave now. And so, Jeffrey, I'm going to let you talk about your thoughts about New York. But I also want to ask you guys, what do you think when you're watching a reality show and it's clear the people who think that they're going to be popular read the room wrong? And the folks who are supposed to be the underdogs, how would you feel if you thought, oh, me and Jeffrey went on a reality show? We did that. And all your key keys are like, look at these villains. Dun, dun, dun. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's kind of jarring and it makes me scared of reality television because you can tell when you watch the show that that they thought that Jessa was going to be a loser and that Cy and Aaron were going to be the it girls. And it has been the complete opposite. Take it away, Jeffrey. I want to hear your thoughts on this. I'm about three, three episodes behind on New York. Um, oh, so oh that, that matters. Yeah. Something that's happening in the interim that because Jessa is very much not a fan favorite where I am. I'm like, no, she's, she's a big fan favorite. Um, I mean, I always tell people, listen, reality TV has one purpose, one focus. I don't care what the show dance with the stars to the housewives. The purpose of reality TV is to destroy your life. Oh, it, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Jeffrey, that's not what I thought you were going to say, friend. Not listen. <laughs> we should have rehearsed this. Wait, what? <laughs> Did you, did you y'all remember this movie? It's called Stay Tuned. It came out in 1992. John Ritter, when they got like sucked into the TV and it was going through all the different channels and stuff, and the person ended up controlling it was like the devil. He controls TV. Uh huh. It's a great movie, very 90s and everything. But it's it a sounds great it. Movie. Reality TV is here for nothing but to destroy your life, and the only way you can, you cannot yeah. beat reality TV. The only way you can beat reality TV, you just have to accept. You like you have to have no limits. That's kind of why I love Giselle Bryant because Giselle will sell her soul for fame. Giselle will have no more. She will throw you under the bus. Latasha Shane, if I met you, she will throw you under the bus. Giselle Bryant has no shame. You see when she sat there at that reunion, Blue, 
and Monique read out Jamal's number, blah, 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 blah. And she was just like, yeah, she is willing to sit there and be made to look like a fool because guess what? That check next season is going to be bigger. I'm going to be back. My name's going to be in the headlines. I'm the star of this show. Reality TV, how many marriages have fallen apart? How many friendships? Most of them. How many, like, everything bad happens because of reality TV? But what about the the people who are the fan faves who go off to have, uh, like, successful brands like Candy? Like, there are a lot of reality stars who it actually makes their life way better. I don't think it makes everybody's life worse. Candy was famous prior to becoming a reality. No, I, I, I understand, but I'm saying that there are some people who go on reality television and they are beloved and they become favorites. So, because you, you can't have a villain without a, a favorite. Yeah. You, you get the... Like that almost has to be a good guy and a bad guy. So you're talking about the people who are the bad guys, but there's good. There's no. I'm not favorite. Does not mean their life is not crumbling. Portia was a fan favorite, but Portia's life was crumbling season after season. She. I think Portia's life now is way better than it was before she did reality television. And she's off of reality TV. I no. I think by the time she saw that lady's husband, her life was ten times better than it was before reality television. Yes, but I I don't. I don't agree with that. Has she stayed in Portia's off? Has she stayed in reality? Yes, TV? she's back on Peacock. She is with um girl strip, yeah, face or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a competition show. It's not like a season. No, no, she's on Girl Trip, which is a a Bravo spinoff on Peacock. Yeah, without without her husband, that was yeah because that one is just about them in that week. It's moment. still a reality show, though. I'm saying she's still doing reality television, even though it's in spurts. I think that if you were to ask Portia. The pros and the cons. She would say the pros outweigh the cons. She wouldn't. I don't think Portia would agree with you that it ruined her life. I don't think she would agree with that. I think that it definitely. I think because Portia is not on a consistent show, like I said, she's doing you know these spot moments and things like that. Because she is not seen weekly, regularly as she was, because all those years where she was just a regular staple in mm-hmm. reality, like guys, every year it was some shit towering down on Portia. Every year was something, and she was a fan favorite again. So it doesn't mean the bad part, it doesn't mean the villain. I just think if you're in this game of reality TV, as long as you are on it, like as a regular, like that, year after year, you are going, it's going to be something. It's here until it just breaks you down. Hmm. Interesting. What do you think, Lulu? I think that if you, um, you, you do need to like get out before it eats you alive. I think for I a agree lot with of that. People, it, it, you wow. gotta get out before it eats you alive. I mean, because you had to find something else, like how Cardi did. And what I feel like Cardi is an anomaly because I think most people want that to happen to them when they go on Love and Hip Hop, what happened to Cardi. And she, I think she's probably the only person who has probably been that successful from being like literally, I mean, she was Instagram famous, but like for the most part, she was a nobody. And then, you know, her popularity ballooned, but like, and just getting out, like getting out before it gets too bad because it's just too telling, even when it's fake and it's still like just, it's too much of of your life and people going back it's just it's just a mess i understand why people like watching i think for me because i know so many reality stars that have told me that like first of all life's gonna have hardships why not have hardships and and get a million dollars so the things that we're naming are things that might have happened anyways without the tv on and without them getting them big ass checks and so the ones that i've spoken to but like life got hard but i would never take it back and made my life 10 times better like I don't, I don't, I don't think Jason Lee would agree that reality TV ruined his life. I don't think half the people that he's friends with on Zeus, even though we judge it, would agree with that. I just know so many reality stars that I'm friends with who would not agree. They were like, "I don't care. My family wasn't shit anyways. At least now I'm a millionaire." Like y'all know, <laughs> like, like no, I, I, know, I think for me, it's like there's a difference between mess and ruining your life. If you were gonna do mess for free, 
Why not get paid to do mess, right? And I also wonder too about what the line is because I think Jeffrey, your value system might be in having privacy and peace of mind. Some people's value system is the coin and the notoriety and it being a household name. That value system, your moral, your moral compass. Yeah. When the camera is on and the audience has their input, like where it was, like, oh yeah, Latasha, I'm not gonna, I ain't gonna tell nobody that. As an adult, you wet the bed. Latasha does not wet the bed, y'all. But when we- <laughs> you see my face? I was like, Jeffrey. On reality TV and the fans is picking sides and the network is like, well, you might not be coming back next season. I'm going to go sit there and be like, Blue, while we got a camera on us, well, you know, Latasha, she wet the bed last weekend. <laughs> and then it's just going to turn into and me and Latasha. Are I real- would not be. See, I wouldn't be your Like at that point, I'd be like, Jeffrey, we can't be friends. You will hold Judas in this bitch. But however, the fans is gonna be like, oh, like it's it's always just it's a game. It's moving. It's constantly moving. Lulu, you see this? If we do a reality show, Jeffrey can't come. No, I'm, I, let me think. No, you can't come. You would set us up. No, I say I would never do a reality TV show with my real friends, and I have almost had that opportunity. Which at the time, being younger and not knowing as much, I did sign up and would have done it. Fast forward present day. I would not do reality show with my real life friends unless we just wow. are that the friendship could potentially be broken. That's what that's what this thing called fame does to people. No, that's a great point. So my thing is, if I got offered a reality show right now and I asked you to come on, you wouldn't you would I say would no. Do like a friend of, I would do like a small cameo. But if it was like a regular, like I, I don't trust, and it's not you. I don't trust this this world of reality TV and that'd be the fandom, the fame, the money. Look, cause like, what if, okay, you bring me on in season two, I'm a fan favorite and my check is bigger than yours, but this is your show or whatever. Uh-huh. It'd be stuff like that where the producers, where the fans, they get in your ear and, oh, but Jeffrey said this and, you know, it's just, that's the game. But you wouldn't trust our friendship for us to talk through it? I would, but why do we gotta talk through it when it's not even true? We were- it's- Becoming a no, because the courageous conversations are a part of emotional development. Like you're supposed to clarify things as somebody over 12. Like, like there's a lot of conversation. Like, here's my thing is miscommunications happen for no money. Mm-hmm. People talk shit for no money, right? People get in your ear and say, Jeffrey said this and Jeffrey said that for free. So my thing is, if you I get what you're saying, and I completely think most of the audience is gonna agree with you. I think for me, if I didn't do a reality show with my friends, it wouldn't be because I don't trust me, it would be because I don't trust them. Because I actually do think I'm the kind of friend that if Lulu came to me and said, hey, Blue, everybody took X, Y, and Z the wrong way in this one scene and they, and they edited me to make me look crazy, I would advocate for you and go on and be like, that's not really Lulu. I was there and they left things out. Like, I trust myself to keep her safe even if the producers want some bullshit. Well, and no, so I, I, I think a lot of people are, are, are cowards who are like, oh, the edit, and they don't want to do anything to fix it, but I don't know. And, here's, and I can say, speaking to that type of situation specifically where two reality stars on a famous housewife show that situation of the edit which you know cast has nothing to do with the right. edit looks shady or whatever whatever them having the conversation like ahead of oh hey this episode is coming out i want you to know this is how well, well it was but once that episode airs and you have millions of fans putting their two cents in that the other person kind of sat there and thought well i know i said i was fine with it however maybe she did say it like that oh i didn't even think about it like it's I would, I would, I would call her. I would really, but I do think my my emotional intelligence is because it's like that's like my branding is emotional intelligence. I do think that I'm equipped with not because I'm better, but just because of the work I do with tools that not everybody has. So to your point, not everybody has those tools, which is why three out of four reality couples do break up. Yeah, that is the stats. Lulu, would you trust us? Because now Jeffrey told us that 
He's not gonna be in my reality show if it ever happens. Would you be on a reality show with us? You'd be like Kylie. All right, what up? All right, bye. I would definitely do it. Oh. <laughs> now, is that because you don't give a fuck about our friendship? Like, why is that, Lulu? Because you said it real flippantly. Like, I don't care about losing y'all. What's my check? <laughs> what would you well, say? I, think, I think that I'm a, a good communicator too. So for the most part, and I would I would hope that our relationship, because something that I think you and I talked about this blue is like, if you are insistent on misunderstanding me, then you will, you know what I mean? But if you're That's really true. trying to learn and see like, okay, what happens so we can repair. But if some people like really want to be mad and they yeah. really want to miss, they're not like, okay, I heard you said this. Why did you say that? Like what happened? And then you guys have an actual conversation rather than coming at you. Like I'm pissed that you said this. And I'm like, wait, 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 it was taken out of context or blah, 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 blah. I think that me not taking things personal is a superpower of mine. And I like to think that I can communicate well, but I don't know. And then that, that kumbaya, that kumbaya, kumbaya is cute. And then next season, that producer like, all right, y'all, well, um, you gotta go. You're boring. Bye. Jeffrey is so I'm, jaded. I'm, I'm, no, I, 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 I get it. I get it. No, I, I get it. You know how it works. And I, I love, I love what you're saying, but that's mm-hmm. like, y'all not giving us interest. It's all about entertainment at the end of the day. I'm gonna say this. I have been on a lot of shows with a lot of big personalities. A lot of big personalities. You guys have seen the people I've been done shows with. I have always been the most kumbaya and also one of the most entertaining simultaneously. So I personally know that I have the ability to be kumbaya and entertaining. So I don't have to be messy for people to like me. My whole brand is anti-mess, right? And so I, I do think there are exceptions. And maybe I'm coming from the privilege of always being seen as the kumbaya one who people still want to hear talk. Does that make sense? Like, I, I know for a fact that I'm an exception in that way. And maybe there's a privilege in that. And I think, Jeffrey, you're probably talking about 99.9 percentile. Because I've been I, I've been on shows where my co-star hated me, hired private investigators to find dirt on me, didn't find shit, and the audience never knew. Because, like Lulu's part, I didn't take it personal. We handled it privately, and it never impacted my work. So I've already been tested in that way, and I was unmoved by it. And- but I'm not the norm. I'm not the norm. Also, it's a thing of I can agree with that, but it's like, how long are you in this space? Because even take like a Candy Burris, who was always the kumbaya friend to everybody, nine years into the housewives, now they're accusing her of raping, drugging people. It's like at a certain point, <laughs> we don't go after the, the kumbaya when even gets in the hot seat. So but I don't, just, think, I don't, I don't think Candy's kumbaya. I actually don't think Candy's kumbaya. I think I, think, I, think, I don't think anymore. I, I think it started out very much. She was cool enough with everybody you know i think i think candy gives cool home girl and i think cool home girl and emotional intelligence coach are not the same thing All right. candy candy, candy that's, don't that's blue saying she can beat this I'm, reality game I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm standing on it because we said that cardi was the exception and the thing that cardi does in shades i do with the toolkit right cardi's thing is i'm gonna be me i'm not positive for shit if we don't get along we don't get along forever yeah i said it <laughs> Like she's very much like that. I'm very much like that. And I know how to do it without calling and causing any psychological damage. So I'm just watching all the exceptions of people that I relate to. I personally am not worried. If anything, if a reality show ever tried to do a nasty edit, I think I have enough people who know the consistency of my character that I could come out and do a viral video and explain myself. And they would be mad that I was done dirty. I don't think that, how do I say this? have done that even this last season which was not good of Atlanta Ooh. House 
Kenya Moore saying how, you know, she opened up her um, salon and they didn't show that. All of the fans were like, we've been watching Kenya, Kenya for years. Kenya Moore has has been a villain on purpose for years. I'm not a villain. That's a, that's a, whole, a whole different archetype. I didn't hear you. No, I'm saying that Kenya, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly my point. Like people like Kenya Moore, who I actually love, who ha- and she's from Detroit, so shout out to Detroit. She has had a villain archetype, right? And Jason Lee always told me the villains make a lot of money. They're fan favorites for the being the anti-hero. Villains are shiny. But when a villain is done dirty, it's the girl who cried wolf. I'm saying I don't cry wolf ever. I got extra wolves in the back for emergencies, like a bad edit. Kenya <laughs> has done too much dirty shit for the show, like Giselle has, for people to believe her when she's actually being done dirty. Some of us don't do that. Like I feel like Lulu would be like, I don't care if I'm doing nothing dirty. And I'd be in the corner praying with a, with a, with a candle and shit. <laughs> I'd probably get kicked off for being boring. <laughs> No, I, I think that I I think I think what would happen, Lulu, if you were on a reality show, I think Jeffrey would sense that he was about to get into some mischief and dip out and not show, show up for the rest of the season. Like, yo, I'm going through some stuff. I'll see you at the reunion. No, my- <laughs> I would sit again because me signing my name on the dotted line. I know what I'm signing up for, so I'm going. I'm going to play. Okay, they finna come at me. I'm going to play. I'm going to give them personality. I'm going to give them argument moment, whatever they want. I'm here, so I'm going to play. But I'm just saying, that's what you have to be ready for. Because at the end of the day, it's about, like you said about the Super Bowl, if Taylor replaced us, it's about dollars. Bravo or whatever network. At the end of the day, they don't care about y'all friendship. They don't care how long y'all have known each other. How much money are you bringing us into this uh, network? Okay. So what's going to happen is one day we're going to end up a reality show. I'm sorry. And speaking of, because I told y'all stay tuned. It's another show. It's called Unreal. It it came on Lifetime. It was a script. I watched it. I watched it, yeah. Blue, so you know what these reality shows. No, I, I'm telling you, I've watched those shows. I don't. No, all the things I saw are not things I would get myself into, and that's not me being holier than thou. I just think I'm trying to think of an example of someone. I think that there are certain people who are so consistency themselves, they don't have to play the game to be entertaining. And I'm saying that 20 years into my career, I've never had to play the game to be entertaining. Girl Scout me is still entertaining. You've also, never gone out purposefully with a group of people that you do not like I like like purposefully six people that you just do not like however if your contract uh, your contract is a million dollars an episode or a million whatever whatever you gonna show up at brunch and you gonna give you know what we hear this is what I'm paying for this is what CBS is paying you for Lutasha this is what CBS is paying you for let me go out with these six people I hate and give a show. <laughs> Let me do it. I, I, I can't say too much without getting in trouble because I don't know how many people watch this show. I am a, a better actress than y'all think. And so I have been, some of my best shows have been with people who couldn't stand me. So that's I, why I'm not concerned. Ooh, I wish I could produce the scene. I just can tell you that. <laughs> here's the thing too, right? Being the person who's not here for it. Perfect example, Garcelle Bouvet. And she's actually softer than I am. I think she's a perfect example. Maybe this is a Caribbean woman thing. She comes in the show. She's like, why are you lying? And why is she lying? Are we going to talk about this? Y'all be lying. Like, she's a very straight shooter. Garcelle, to me, is a fan favorite. And she's not playing a game. Garcelle is being her real self on that show. Yeah, everybody, your very first season you are, because you are a deer in headlights. You don't know what the fuck is going on. No, no. It's not just her deer in headlights. Caribbean women are, we're compulsively Caribbean. And so maybe it's a cultural thing. There's no amount of money. I'd rather get fired to lose. I'd rather get fired on season two, knowing that I left being me and being me got me fired. than for me to be there for five seasons and be miserable counting my money. Because here's the thing. Those first two seasons are enough for me to have a brand. 
There are enough for me to go on a speaking engagement tour. There are enough for me to get my book deal done. Like Cardi B, when she went on Love and Hip Hop, told Mona, let's do one year because I need time to warm up the audience, the mainstream audience, to my music. Her yeah. her song Bodak Yellow thing. She said, "Okay, let's do two more." And then she said, "Let's let's do a second year." I would play that game where I'd be authentic for a small amount of time and dip out. But see, here's the thing: Cardi B is an anomaly. Bodak Yellow could have been trash, and she would stop. Bet Cardi would have still been on that show. She got oh, lucky. She got lucky where Bodak Yellow actually was a bop. It was a hit. People liked it. And like uh, Latasha said, she was Instagram famous before, so people knew who she was. Yep. And she said, I'm just going to be me, that real, you know, that real me uh, attitude. And Bodak Yellow dropped, and she got out before she got locked into another year of, um, I was going to say, Hollywood Unlocked, um, Love and Hip Hop. Um, and so that is, again, she is one of those unicorns, one of those people who saw the door and said, I don't have to stay here. But then it's those people who is honestly... Regular, regular, a lot of these housewives, except for the Beverly Hills cast, were regular people, not famous. You get a taste of that fame, that money, the endorsements that I'm that, oh, I ain't got to fight to get in the clubs. I'm, you know, I'm the it girl. And a lot of that fame goes to your head. Because like you said, I can stay here for a season, do this and leave. But for some people, it's like, okay, and then what? They don't know what to do without those cameras. I, th I think you just underlined why I'm not worried. We live in LA. None of that shit is new to any of us. What? Like everything you outlined is not unfamiliar to anybody on this, on the show. Like, I don't see you walking up and like seeing a celebrity is not gonna make me lose my mind. Getting access to a club is not gonna make me lose my mind. I spent my first three years in LA hanging out with reality stars as their plus one, getting access by proxy of them. That wouldn't be glamorous or shiny or new enough for me to lose myself. Yeah. I think I've, yeah, yeah. I don't, the, the check would make me say, hey, this, me being me got me this check. Let's see how long it gets me. And also not to sound cocky, Cardi B had a product that people want. Yeah, Jeffrey, she... yeah, exactly. So Jeffrey, you're not the pink sauce lady. You actually know how to cook well. Like you're a chef, right? And so you wouldn't be worried about, oh, this will only work if people come to my event and like my food. You know, they're going to like your food. So you know that all you need is a foot in the door. I'm not worried about being a good writer. So I'm not worried that you guys are going to see me on the show and then I get a writing gig and I can't produce. I think when people have actual talent and are actually entertaining, it creates those unicorns. Having talent and being entertaining will make you a unicorn. And especially if you're already used to the glitz and glamour of living in L.A. So we can test the theory. Let's see if I'm on a reality show. Reality TV, I've just seen the underbelly of it. If anything, it's made me kind of unmoved like Lulu. Lulu, what are your thoughts about being in these LA streets for 20 years. And so you done seen a lot already. It's like, I okay, VIP, yay. I need a, <laughs> I need a true Hollywood story like Charlie Murphy because I've I've seen so many things, but I agree with what you're, you're saying because what Jeff is talking about makes perfect sense of why people get so overwhelmed and wanting to have that taste. But if you, I've literally lived in LA. This is about to be my 20th year Ooh. in LA. <laughs> Damn, in the words of uh, Kevin Hart, Damn. We have some reality moments over the exactly of decade of me and for any <laughs> the three of us would have yeah. to sign NDAs to have this conversation the way that we want to have it, right? And so I'm not saying that we're long in the tooth. Whispering chickens is just late spring, right? <laughs> and so I think when you've been around the block 37 oh, times, so funny. <laughs> when you've been around the block 37 times. Everything that Jeffrey said applies to 99% of the population. I just think that everybody on this call has just seen too much and is just a little too long in the tooth to fall for those reindeer games. I mean, long in the tooth. 
Listen, I think now, yes, at my big age now, yes. Exactly. But at my 23, and again, at the time that I was given the opportunity to be on a reality show, I was in my 20s still. It was a very different Jeffrey than what you know now. I think now. Oh, yeah. I think now going into, well, no, even now going into it, because I've never, I have yet to be as financially successful as I would be if I was getting that big reality check. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would be very different. And that little that that part of fame and being in the game, I think, is what gets people. Because again, you might just be like, "Okay, I'm this is a TV personality." But that dollar, in my favorite words, the life you have become accustomed to, which they use a lot in divorce. (laughs) Divorce. Well, absolutely. (laughs) That term is my favorite. The life I have become accustomed to. You're not trying to go back to the soft girl recession when. Mona Scott, I love how this comes full circle back to the beginning. I was just thinking this. We're back to the soft girl recession. And baby, I done got you two million for a season of blue. I need you to cuss Lutasha out. Here goes your two point five million dollars for the season. That's hard. And, but that's my point, though. My point is you you lose it how you get it, you keep it how you get it. Mona Scott would think I was a headache because I would be having one-liners and having fun and having a good kiki, but I would have a line that I wouldn't step over that she would have to constantly argue with me with. So if you're constantly making concessions and saying yes to things that you don't like. What if your line of what you would do or what you would say is a little bit further than Lutasha's line? I, but I can't speak for Lutasha. I can only speak for myself. That's one of the th- reasons why I trust myself. And but, so but I'm saying, I, I, but, 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 to... but here's the thing, though. I'm gonna always be okay with my line and tell people you're allowed to have your line. I'm allowed to have my line, and you're allowed to feel how you feel about my line. My line is often not further out than other people's. It's usually something of I'm cool with this. You don't have to come for this scene. I'll find somebody else. And right. And right now, as this airs, the fans are on Twitter saying, ooh, Jeffrey Blue just disrespected you. Ooh, Blue, she don't, she does not care about oh, you. Oh, honey, honey, I was on Hollywood Unlocked. Let me just repeat <laughs> this one more time. I was on Hollywood Unlocked with Jason Lee. And Jason and I were cool the entire time. Do you know they'd be like, ooh, Jason Coff, he can't stand Blue. He's sick of her ass. Like, I'm used to that. I haven't read the comments my entire career. There are so many times people send me screenshots. I was like, ooh, they hate me today. Like, read, please don't read the comments. <laughs> let me tell you, there are currently on my, uh, whatchamacallit, my TikTok, there are 13,000 comments. Ask me how many of them I read under that post. Wow. I read three. I read three of the 13,000. I'm not reading 13,000. Shout out to the people who are showing support. I appreciate the support. I don't want to sound crazy, but I am not reading 13,000 comments. So I think, Jeffrey, you're right. I do think that me and Lulu might be exceptions. I actually think at your big age, you might be an exception too. And I agree with you. I would not do a reality show with none of y'all in our 20s. (laughs) Love y'all. Not a chance of fucking hell. Because I couldn't even trust me back then. But at my big age of 40, you're something years old. At this age, mother has lived enough where I'm, I just want to get my check and go home. If anything, me and Lulu might actually create a fake fight and then act like we hate each other and then split the money in the car. So, Jeffrey, yeah. when the reality show comes out, me and Lulu are going to call you on a group and see if you've changed your mind. I will sign up. I just want y'all to know, listen, I'm, I'm here to do my job. And if they make me the, the, medium, the, the medium person in between, the friends of everybody, that's what I'm going to be. If they Lulu, say, you hear this? Lulu, you hear this? He, he, he's saying that he's the problem. That's all I heard. We need a little bit more personality. <laughs> You're the problem. The person he who smelt the Delta, the person who's scared about showing people showing their ass is the one who plans to show their but, ass. Wait, he's the problem. See, but that's where I'm listening. I've told you. It ain't going to be no surprise. I ain't gonna oh, 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 that's your answer? Because you warned me you were going to show you? See, okay, Jeffrey, you could be a friend of the show. 
<laughs> Jeffrey's like, look, if they tell me that I got to talk about it, I hate you uh, in season three, then we enemies. All right, guys, this has been, uh, we are actually not going to do the after show today because we took up time, but I'm happy that we unpacked this so that if I ever get a reality show deal, we can have a strong talking to Jeffrey about his position in the show. Lulu says, sign me up. Let me know when to show up. Lulu, you down? I'm ready. Oh, shit. She, she's like, I heard the whole thing y'all said. Do you have anything that you we missed out on hearing from me while me and Jeffrey were having uh, the perception is reality debate? What'd you say? I'm sorry. Do you have any 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 last input to put on the reality conversation aside from that you're going to show up with your peach when it's time? I think that it'll be fun. I think that it can get controversial, like Jeff said, because sometimes stuff comes up that you don't necessarily. You think that that wouldn't be something that would rile you up, but it does because yeah. your feelings are because your feelings are real because there are actual real relationships, but something has been constructed through production, so it's possible. Yeah. But I still do. And then sometimes it's just accidental. You see them hot mic moments. Like, it just acts, accidents happen. He's the problem, Lulu. You hear that? You hear that? He's the problem. So, uh, Jeffrey, I'm so clear that you're the problem. It's okay. It's okay. At least you warned us. You spent 35 minutes telling us why we go going to want to fight you when we get to a show together. Um, I don't want you drinking your wine. By the way, I will say this, though. If a reality show was creating problems with my friends, I would keep it a buck with them on and off camera. Oh, yeah. I will say, yeah, I'd be like, I don't like how you said that. And if you didn't mean it, don't say it again. Like, I'm, I, 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 I don't. And honestly, courageous authenticity is actually great television. Yeah. There are so many people who are scared to be honest. So, you guys, I love that we did this first show. Let me tell you, I'm not doing any more CBD drinks. I don't move my camera 16 times during this. The the thing fell on the floor. The mosquito attacked me. Half my I forgot to get y'all head, headsets. Thank you guys for rocking with us through this janky, but hopefully entertaining uh, first episode out of hiatus. We only had 96 hours notice that we were even doing this. Lulu and Jeffrey, I'm so happy that you guys are on this ride with me. Um, Jeffrey, even though you say you're the problem, we still trust you right now. (laughs) You know what? Every show needs a problematic friend, though. I would love to see how this experiment works out on a reality show. You see that? You see how he's trying to plant seeds of doubt? That's how the problem works. <laughs> <laughs> he said, that kumbaya shit is good until it's time to get your check. I'm so clear, Jeffrey. I love this. All right, we're going to do a quick outro. You guys, before we go, um, I want you guys to let them, the audience know where they can find you. Like, what are your social media handles? I ladies first? I, I said ladies first and Jeffrey started talking, Lord. Oh, my bad. Who's playing for a while? Go ahead, Lou. Um, you can find me on ins or yeah on Instagram Lou underscore Lou one nine. That's all I got. <laughs> um, all of my social is uh, Jeffro five J E F R O five Twitter Instagram all that stuff. You can also check out my food page Best Kept Secrets mm-hmm. I N T L on Instagram. I love that, and you guys know you can find me on instagram and twitter at blue centric on uh tiktok at blue Toulousma. and also guys if you guys want to sign up for our upcoming classes please check out bluecentricshop.com backslash readings for readings and consultations and there will be an update when the next online shift workshop starts uh this show is called humanized because we believe that we're all just human beings going through human shit i think this episode uh showed a lot of our shared humanity there were a couple other things that we want to talk about in the after show we'll do the after show next week I just wanted to make sure that we got a little bit, you know, cozy with this one. But if you do want to follow the after show and all of our exclusive talk, um, 
the after show and all of our exclusive content, guys, that CBD shit is strong. Please go to uh, patreon.com backslash bluecentric because starting next week, we'll be doing an after show where we have an uncensored version of the kind of conversation we had today. Uncensored means we can play copyrighted music. We can swear even more than we are right now. And we can share secrets that we know that you won't hear unless you pay behind the paywall. Uh, I love you guys for being here. Please be gentle with yourselves. Lulu and Jeffrey, thank you so much. Seriously, like this was so fun for me. All right, guys. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Is it done recording? Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric acid. Electric acid.